0: I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore. Okay, I'm into nightmares. The Raiders. Caught. Touchdown. Raiders. You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your Windbags: R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Wind Bags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Uh, immediate apologies for the haircut. I moved, so I'm trying to find a new barber. There's one like right, like in my in my track, like in little strip mall, like connected next to my track. You can tell a Long Beach Vietnamese barber one thing, and you can tell a Huntington Beach Vietnamese barber the exact same thing, and get two completely different haircuts.
1: Dude, so you look like they. It looks like they got they got you good on the sides.
0: I uh, so I have a deformed head where like my like it like pops out, and I tell them like, "Hey, you're gonna have to you know cut a little bit more up there, otherwise it get like a it like pops out the sides." You know, and that's all I have to say. It's like two on the sides, deformed head, little trim on top. That's that's all I've ever said for a haircut for the last fifteen years, and it's always been more or less the same thing. Found a great hey. barber in Long Beach. Bam, bam, bam. If it's not, I said the. Exact same thing to the Vietnamese barber in Huntington Beach, and I got kind of like faux hockey with like. Yeah, I gotta see that's faux like hockey. A, like a baby haircut, kind of. I, I, I can see. I can
1: see. It's like. It's like that. What's, what's that? A fucking uh. That cartoon. Where it has, He has the dog, but he just has a little thing in the front.
0: I was literally thinking that his name uh, Pickles. Like their last name was Pickles. Rugrats. Right. Cartoon Rugrats. Okay. I, looked like, I looked like the little white baby from Rugrats. With a beard.
1: So good. So good.
0: Rolling with it. I'm going to pretend like I wanted it on purpose just to roll with it. Uh, so, we're recording this Wednesday night, like always. And then it'll be the 29th leap year, leap day tomorrow. Leap day. And the combine is underway this weekend. And you got, I mean, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I am about the combine. It's cool. Right, it's cool to see metrics and stats and who blows you away with a forty time. But we we always kind of know. Like I remember, like last season it was like, oh, Anthony Richardson. Did you see his his combine numbers? I was like, yeah, we knew he was an yeah, yeah. Like we know he's a thoroughbred. Can he play quarterback? You're not going to find that out in the combine. But yeah, we knew we knew going in. Like he's he's that he's an Olympic sprinter. Like we know that we're not finding out anything crazy new. But the real value of the combine is it has coaches and gms and scouts and agents and players all hanging out it? at the bar and right dinner and right tag team the in the same sports you know like,
1: like I really, I we both went there at the same time
0: well that, okay well like the nba all-star game in vegas every year you're like where did all these whores come from,
1: <laughs> from bro i was there a friend of a, you know, we know, uh, Rennie, we went with a p- couple of other friends mm-hmm. the first time they had it in Vegas, it was 15 years ago or more, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a site that's when, that's when like ghost riding the whip was like really, really in. Yeah. And I'm like, someone's going to get run over. <laughs> so
0: I, I, I work a lot of Friday, Saturday in Vegas. And for the longest time, I would fly JetBlue out of Long Beach. JetBlue left Long Beach. to just Southwest. Whole long story. Anyway, it's not important. But that Thursday flight to Vegas, like that Thursday afternoon to Vegas, you can always spot them. And you can see them because they always had their uniform on. And it was strippers that live in like Long Beach, Orange County, South LA area that would just go work in Vegas as a stripper for three, four nights. Like you'll make, you make five grand in a weekend if you're a good stripper like Oh, yeah. You know the rhino are one of the nice, nicer places. And you can always spot them a million miles away. Wife beater tank top, juicy sweatpants, UGG boots, but the hair and makeup is done perfectly. So you're, they look like they're in their pajamas, hair and makeup on point. Right, spot them from a mile away. That's how it was on flights to Vegas over that weekend. It was just oh, yeah. a hoe train. They've you all know, got their their Versace suitcases, and you know what I mean, like all their. All their shit.
1: Dumbo, anyway. Dumbo. Oh, train.
0: Anyway, you go where the market is if you are uh in that service and oh, that's oh, where it yeah. is in Indianapolis. It's also where we go for great pieces of information. Awesome. I love the combine, not because I'm on NFL network watching tackles bench press, but because a g- bunch of information comes out of there and a bunch of information and misinformation. We love to mix up to, to divvy it all up, right? You also get some shit talking. Oh God, Michael Lombardi. Raider fans know him very well. He was our um, not GM. Was it senior personnel executive or something? Because Al Davis was the GM, but he was the senior personnel executive when the Raiders were crushing it, right? All those AFC West titles, AFC Championship games, um, went to the Super Bowl, right? In those like late '90s, early 2000s, he was the senior personnel executive, and it was a weird relationship because uh, well, we'll play the quote in a second, but. He, he got like so much sympathy because he was under Al Davis, who was kind of a tyrant, but Al Davis was still good then. Like this was, this wasn't when Al Davis was going ham in the mid two thousands when he was senile and like in the wheelchair and you saw like liver spots on him and he was like, not there anymore. Like he was still good. Like that roster, that top five offense, top five defense, like that roster was tits and that was mostly Al Davis, but Michael Lombardi got like the martyr role as opposed to like, he piggybacked on the last gasp of Al Davis being a good jam
1: around for the first few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, the last couple of years, he was there just, uh, you know, Al. Oh, was-
0: he felt completely off. Like, don't give me, yeah. Al Davis went senile and fell apart, but, that roster that went to the AFC championship game of times, Super Bowl, like it was a lot of Al Davis. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Lombardi played his role, but
1: um, he's not a slap, but it's like, you know, there was one final word in that, in that yeah. organization and it wasn't, it wasn't Michael Lombardi.
0: So Michael Lombardi, uh, obviously, you know, his son, Mick Lombardi was the offensive coordinator under Josh McDaniels. I think his other son is still like the assistant wide receiver coach at the Raiders. Michael, uh, no, Who knows? what's his Right? Doesn't he have another? You know, I he does have
1: another. Kill. I don't know where he is. So. It's like a.
0: It's a minor role, like the receiver room. If he's still there, I didn't care enough to look it up. Anyway, um, Lombardi has always has like he's been like ripping the Raiders ever since he got fired. More or less, he was quiet when Mick was OC because his son was like in a prominent role. Gloves are off again. Here's Mick Lombardi on uh, the GM shuffle. Michael Lombardi on the GM shuffle. When you are a size speed team like he is, and Antonio Pierce keeps talking about the Raider way, he doesn't even have any idea about long sheets. He has no idea about increasing 40 times. He has no idea about the protocols and the specifics of each position because that's essentially what the Raider way is, is what are we looking for at each position? It's not It's not about playing tough. See, the Raider way isn't a word. It's isn't about It's about this is the prototype of the player we want at this position. This is the prototype of the player we want at that position. That's the Raider way. See, this is what's just so comical. And he's talking about it because he's from Compton. He thinks he knows the Raider way. It's a joke. It's a joke. What he, the descri-
1: way. what he described is what... Every team does. Every team has a model of height, weight, speed, strength for positions. Mm -hmm. I talked about Bill Parcells. What did I say? If 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 you're bringing me a guy that's a a DB that's not six foot, that doesn't run this, doesn't have a wingspan of this, he better better walk on. on water. So it's like it's not. That's not the Raider way. The Raider way is an attitude. It's a mindset. What he's talking about, maybe the Raider way is is the measurables, the, the speed, they need to have more speed. They want speed and size over other things. Maybe when he was there before, but ultimately right now, I don't know. It just sounds like he's just being a little bit sour.
0: So you can you can hear the saltiness in his delivery. And I'm willing to concede. I like to be an open-minded man. I'm willing to concede that his version of the Raider way as senior personnel executive, who's basically just going to Al Davis with suggestions and being told by Al Davis, what I'm looking for. And he gets in the nerdery with his nerds and his calculators and his spreadsheets and his Excel stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay, that's his version of the Raider way. He's not there coaching. He's a personnel guy. He's not on the sidelines. Rah, rah. He's not getting defenses to play better because he's motivating them. He's not delivering speeches in the locker room, personnel guy, and so the only Raider way he knows is that because that's when he was there and that was the protocol. But to th- say to yourself like I know the Raider way and it's exclusively done on spreadsheets is ridiculously tone deaf. To think that's all it is like oh yeah it's it's literally just these these graphs I put together in a basement waiting for Al Davis's approval. That's all it is. That's the only thing that's the Raider way.
1: Come on. Lombardi is talking like he's never worked for another organization before. Like Mm -hmm. only the Raiders work this way. Only the Raiders have, you know, uh, blueprints off of what they want per per position. It's it's ridiculous. When you hear him talk, it's like, dude, most franchises run this way, if not all franchises run. They have a prototype of what they want in a position and what that – that player can do and how big they are and how much, how well they can move. Mm -hmm. It's, it just sounds like he, he's a little bit more of the old school type. He doesn't like the brashness. He liked the brashness when it came from Al Davis. He -hmm. liked the brashness when it came from uh, John Gruden. He liked the brashness when it came from at times, uh, Jack Del Rio. He liked the brashness when it came from those guys. And I'm going to say it, And they're all white. And then you get.
0: Ooh, getting racial with
1: it. No, dude. And then you get someone who's different, who looks different, who acts different, who doesn't act like other coaches, who doesn't look like other coaches, who doesn't play that game like other coaches do. And now it's a problem. Before it wasn't a problem, but now it's a problem. And we we, we knew this was coming. We knew people were going to come at, at, after AP because he doesn't act like other coaches do. He doesn't talk like other coaches do. What other coach in, in, in the NFL is going to go on one of the players' podcasts and cuss as much as, as AP did on the rush?
0: Or ha, ha, have a Very small him? handful. I'm trying to rack
1: my brain. Not many. So it's like he's not different. He's not the same as everybody else. He's different. And you don't have to do the same thing that everyone else does to be successful. And that's, I think, the way where uh, Michael Lombardi is is getting dragged into this bullshit. He's dragging himself into this bullshit. is because he thinks it's supposed to be, like he said, the Raider way is this. Well, the future is now, old man. And where is that from? And you can't expect people, because, you know, that's not the raider way that ap knew when he was growing up because he Mm. never he never played for al davis what the raider way that he knew was what was around him all the raider fans around him and when he went to the games and all that that's what he knew and that's what he's bringing now
0: well in style of play that you can watch with the sophisticated eye which he has right like he can watch the raiders in the 70s and 80s and how they played defense and how they blocked and the speed that they brought to the table. like These are all. You got to be open-minded when you think Raider way. Because the Raider way is many, many things. And again, when you're just sitting there with your calculator and spreadsheet as a personnel executive. And the only way you draft is your attributes. And there's a place for that. Don't get me that. There's, it's a very, very important place for all the stuff that Michael Lombardi brought to the table. But you just kind of limit yourself and saying, like, no other way is the Raider way. Like, dog, he turned that defense into the best defense in football. How many defensive players did he add other than Jack Jones? Just scrap heap guys, just kind of like, you know. Whoever was there that we were not super impressed with before. It's not like he went with, like, this great scouting move and turned the defense around and had it playing Raider-style football in your face, swarm, get to the quarterback, tackle hard, intimidate, like, he didn't do that with a spreadsheet. He didn't do that with personnel. He did that with swagger and attitude and scheme, right? He let PG yeah, take over, way. right? Like, hey, let Max Crosby off the leash. The other 10 guys are going to do what they're going to do. Let's play more aggressive, blah, 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 right? There's scheme too. But there was a swagger. And if that ain't Raider way, then name it something else if you want to, Michael Lombardi, because it's it worked. It turn- Can we just... I can't, every show I try to put into context how insane it is, how this defense turned around. 20 years of not, this isn't hyperbole, 20 years of the worst defense in football. And in that nine week period, it was the best defense in football with one personnel addition that was different from the other times. That's insane. That is bonkers. That's that doesn't happen. You don't have the worst thing ever for two decades. One guy comes in, and now it's the best for half the season. That do- that's like making Tyra Banks ugly. That's like making me sober, making the Raiders the number one defense. And it wasn't with personnel, Michael Lombardi. It wasn't with personnel.
1: Attitude and, and, and uh, aggression, that's mm-hmm. what it was. And he see, he, he's acting like, oh, just because he's from Compton, he knows the Raider way. Well, no, because he's a lifelong Raider fan, number one. He's a really smart football mind. You, any, anybody who's talked about him, who's played with him, will tell you. He's a really smart football mind. He can connect with this these young players, and he's a motivator. So people like, oh, he's a cheerleader, he's this, he's that. You're totally downplaying what he brings to the table and what he did. He would, This is an undrafted free agent that ended up becoming a Pro Bowler and the captain of a of a, a a Super Bowl winning football team.
0: Yeah,
1: this is not a guy that's dumb. This is a guy, not a guy that doesn't know how to work, doesn't know how to maximize his his athletic ability. He doesn't know how to maximize what he sees and make himself smarter. He, like this is this is a guy who's really a football genius when you look at it from that perspective cuz he's not that big, he's not that fast, but he ended up being one of the key pieces to Super Bowl winning teams because of the stuff he did off the field to get ready on the field. And if if you're going to take all of that plus he's a lifelong Raider fan and all you're going to pick on is oh he thinks cuz he's from Compton, he knows the Raider way. It's it's just it's insulting, and it's it's really disrespectful. Is what it is. You think it's racially based? I think part of it is because he's yeah. different. We knew this. We knew this going in, RJ. We knew this that that the studs in his ears, the the the, the low rider, six four Paula, the way he talks, the, you know letting him smoke cigars, and the, the way he gives interviews. He's direct. He's who he is. Part of the reason why probably. Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten a head coaching job is maybe he's not as refined as AP can be, mm-hmm. but it's come from the similar cloth is he's very direct. People talk to him. I remember watching a, a when Eric Bieniemy was the uh, running back coach uh, for AP uh, in uh, or AD in uh, in Minnesota, and he was a good hard coach, but he was cussing every other word. And this and that blah blah blah. You still have to put up a front to like kind of be the corporate guy to get the corporate job. And I think AP got this job in the only uh, organization that would have allowed him to become a head coach. Uh, And you got
0: to ask yourself, why isn't, well, you know, Michael Lombardi, where's he the GM at? Where's he's the senior personnel executive at? Oh, wait, nowhere. After the Raiders canned him in 06, he was like an assistant with Denver. Didn't do shit for years, was the GM for the Browns for two seasons, and he's been doing media ever since. They were
1: great teams, that 13 to 14 team, by golly.
0: Like he's just like, oh man, like, you know, I was the I was a pers- I was a senior personnel executive for a Super Bowl team and AFC channel. Like when the Raiders were at their last time they were at their best. I was like, like, dog, you didn't do shit before. You haven't done shit since. You've been fired by five different teams. I mean you rode the coattails of the last gasp of Al Davis's prime. And you got the you got the credit for it and you were turned a martyr into it and you turned that into a career.
1: Dude, this shit just pisses me off, man, because he's totally just disregarding all the positive reasons why you would hire AP as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Who said a bad thing about him? Who played for him, played with him, or coached him? Have you heard anything bad?
0: The only and, thing and, that I And it's like, why doesn't he understand like these spreadsheets and 40 times? Like, that's why you hire a GM. No head coach is going to know every single thing about every single thing. That's why you hire like the nerdy Tom Telesco to handle that shit for you. You should be in the trenches, getting your dudes jacked and getting the defense and polishing the, and refining it. Like, yeah, like he's going to be hands on, but no, Michael Lombardi. he doesn't have to be you. He should not be you. He hired a, you a better, you named Tom Telesco who put together a really, really damn good roster with the Chargers. It, hurt, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but he put together a damn good roster with the Chargers,
1: right? It's just, it's just, it's like, It didn't have to be you, Michael Lombardi.
0: <laughs> and that's just, the
1: thing is, is, a, 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 and, and that's all I, c- I kept talking about is we knew that we were going to get something like this sooner or later mm. because of how brash she is because of how different he is from other head coaches. Now they might be, they might be similar to AP, you know, off air, but AP is the same off on air as he is off air with, with the coaches, with, with the media, with everybody. He's the same. Yeah. And if, if that's the way he wants to do it while he got the job he wanted, normally that's not the case. Normally you have to put your representative forward and your corporate guy, to 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 the media and to you know you have to have your representative right your yeah. representative self AP doesn't have that and it it doesn't take away the good that he brings to the table to become a to to become a head coach it doesn't take away from that and it just sounds like he doesn't I don't like the way he talks I don't like the way he acts and because of that I'm gonna tear him down.
0: Maybe. Um, that could definitely be a part of it. It's also but like I get the example. It's like it feels like a dude who's like, Yeah, you're a race car driver, but you don't know how to disassemble the brake pads. So you're a bad race car driver. It's like, it's not, it's not, like oh so what? So fucking what? He's the head coach. He's the head coach. He's not a scout. Like, of course. Do you want your head coach to be involved in the process? And of course. Like, do you want like a real a really good race car driver knows can take a, uh, a race car apart and put it back together Like the really really good ones with that background But you can be an amazing race car driver And not know how to change the oil Like it's possible Right but he's just like well he doesn't know this Super intricate Part of scouting that I did 20 years ago Therefore he doesn't know what the Raider way is
1: And the, we, we've We've seen this before there's, there's three different angles To Like a, a three headed monster to a team There's the executive part, there's the coaching side, and there's the player side. AP doesn't have any experience in the executive part, just like Lombardi doesn't have any experience in the coaching and playing part. Yeah. So it's like you can't tell somebody that they don't know what they're doing and they don't know what they're talking about because they don't know it from their perspective when they've never done that from that perspective. Just like Lombardi doesn't know it from the player's perspective.
0: And this isn't a defense of Michael Lombardi specifically, but this is. We are going to see more of this, and you and AP does kind of ask for it, right? When you say things like "We've figured out the Chiefs, we're going to do this," right? When you are brash, you've raised the stakes. That's why I love trash talk in combat sports. When Conor McGregor through his featherweight run, said, "I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock out Jose Aldo," yeah. and he did everything he said. It raised the stakes and it was more exciting. And then when he fell, it made it feel even worse, right? Because you talked all this shit, right? Like, you're just raising the stakes, which makes it more entertaining and more fun. Antonio Pierce is raising the stakes with his mouth. Again, not Michael Lombardi's comments specifically, but rightfully so. He's going to say things where people are like, uh, you guys had a losing record last season. Uh, you don't have a quarterback. Eh, you're a first-year head coach. Eh, like, and now the stakes are raised. And now the delivery has to happen. Now the execution has to be there. Because if we do win, the I told you so's are going to taste delicious. If we fall, their I told you so's are going to sting. But AP raised those stakes. And that's what he demanded of this team. And as a fan base, we're going to we're gonna go through those same hopefully highs and God forbid those lows that AP has, like, has delivered to Raider Nation
1: look man everything that's everything that that's that starts out any accomplishment that 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 you you make it starts out with one thing it starts yeah. off with an idea and an expectation that expectation that you go into something where okay rarely do you like i'm just going to jump off of you know jump out of a plane and see what happens you like, know, no you, you there's certain expectations that you have when you go to accomplish something yeah that's what that's what ap is doing He's setting the expectation, we're going to talk loud, and we're going to play even louder. This talk is what we all believe, so let's go out there and work hard and go out there and make it happen, and I don't have a problem with it because he knows that, look, anything that he did positive last year, forget all the negative stuff he did, anything he did positive is like, oh, cool, like, you know, you didn't. Like you're you're playing your little nephew in, in basketball and you, you he double dribbles like 19 times look at the
0: brand new interim head coach getting yeah, it right doubles. oh it's that's like, so oh, cute
1: look at it. wow they are really playing so hard. hard They're playing hard <laughs> for this interim head coach that's all <laughs> gone now yeah so you right. have you have a bar that you need fucking to real, real. yeah or real this is now this is not whatever you do positive it's going to be you know every little thing that he does is going to get scrutinized times a hundred as it was before and he knows that and that's why i I think he's leaning into it which is you know a bold strategy cotton but whatever it is what it is where's that from
0: let us know comment section i'll
1: give you guys two already utah give me two all right where's that one that's an easy one
0: easiest one of the three easy
1: one yeah so So again
0: (laughs) my favorite part of the combine is we get some information out of people and tom telesco the new raiders gm he's uh he's talked about this before but this was a nice concise kind of way that he was asked this question um basically he was asked what are you looking for in a quarterback here's his answer how many do i get (laughs) there's a lot of different ones to choose
1: from yeah uh the the two for me are probably leadership and toughness i think you have to start with that um he's got to be somebody that when you're in the huddle and those ten other people those players are looking you in the eyes that that you can lead that group and you got to have that um so those are two most important things for me and then it kind of goes into you know preparation skills for that position is like none other probably like no other sport in professional sports so talking about leadership toughness preparation skills and then we get to the physical abilities then you start having sliding scales for different things because there's there's just there's no perfect players you have to realize that um but uh, I always start with leadership and toughness my for, for way from
0: there. Kind of generic, but kind of specific a little bit. I know that I just oxymoroned myself. Do you think he's talking about a specific player, or do you think he's just talking in generalities?
1: I think in that clip he's just talking in generalities, but I do think, I am. I'm convinced everybody has their guy that they think they can get. And what the combine does, it just kind of confirms what you've already watched on tape. If something pops, okay, then I'm going to go back into the tape and see how, why didn't it show up or did I miss it, right? Mm -hmm. But as of right now, the work is pretty much done as far as like the football acumen, the football, like how good they are at playing the game of football.
0: Tape study, that kind of thing. That
1: shit's all done already what they're doing now is they're getting to talk to him. Like, you know, is he a basket case? Is he just showing up? Cause like with NIL now, like these dudes got money now, mm-hmm. they're showing up with all Louie out, like whatever, like, I don't really need this, you know, wherever I get picked this fine. I don't care. Um, now you're just hearing how they can retain stuff and, you know, what they retain from their, their college uh, uh, game plans and stuff like that. just, it's just little things now. now you're just kind of like, you're just kind of like dusting off, you know, the sculpture, but they, they know that, you know, what guys they're looking for.
0: I wonder though, is he, is he talking about someone specific? Was it like a, maybe a Freudian slip out of him where he's saying like, all right, these are the things I'm looking for. But in his mind, he's like thinking of Penix or Willie or whoever, right? Like he's thinking of somebody, and he's like, "All right, let me speak in generalities." And he accidentally described his guy. Does that sound? Does he? Does he describe anyone in the draft to you specifically?
1: I mean, any one of them. Okay, any one of them. So Either I mean, leadership toughness, how they prepare. I mean, it's it's any one of those guys. When you get to the physical attributes, which is where you can separate the guys. When you start talking about them, he didn't really go into that. Yeah, because look. Ultimately, you have to be able to make the throws. You have to be able to do the things that you need to do as a quarterback. Anyway, so just why do you even look at that first? On top of that, what does he have? And then when he talked about the sliding scale. I mean, physical tools-wise, Farva does not have the physical tools as anybody of the top six quarterbacks. Seven, eight maybe quarterbacks, maybe even ten. Just physical add. tools. Because if you take a look at like um, – like Rattler and 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 uh, uh, Milton and the and the and the, the kid from Notre Dame, like those guys have better. The kid from Tulane, they have more. They have better physical tools, bigger arms. They're more mobile. All this stuff, right? It's, but well, that sliding scale. It's like, okay. Well, maybe his accuracy is just off the charts, better than everyone else's. Yeah. Maybe his processing speed is just off the charts, better. That's a, that's where the sliding scale comes into play. But I don't think he's he's. The, 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 one spot or the one thing that he was talking about that could separate the players from one another, he, he didn't really talk about it at all.
0: I, uh, I do appreciate the, um, the elements of like, he looks at like leadership first, which, cause you, th- you think of like intangibles and you think like, all right, well, like he can process and throw the ball and he can run and he's got a lot of experience and he, he won in college and, you know this is like no no i want i want leadership quality i want you to be able to stand in a huddle and command i don't know it seems kind of like romantic as opposed to like something you can tangibly put your finger on
1: ultimately man your quarterback if you want to win consistently for a long period of time you need to be able to just watch like coaches film of a guy play with no crowd no bias announcing or anything like that. And he needs to pop off the screen mm-hmm. He needs to be the your quarterback needs to pop off the screen to be, Oh, wow. That's a really good quarterback. Yeah. Consistently. Consistently. Like he, like that has to happen in order for you to, to, to be like, do be you that. think he,
0: do you think he, with that description, he's thinking more free agent than, than rookie. Do you think he's thinking draft of that description or is he thinking veteran?
1: I think he would rather draft the guy because then they set their timetables at the same time.
0: Well, I think for sure he'd rather. I mean, if you like, look, no question, the optimal the optimal way to go is you you draft your rookie, he hits, he's your guy for five years cheap, and then he's your guy the next ten years expensive. Like that's you know the optimal way. Um, I'm just trying to because again, Telesco's new new GM for us, right? Like he's gonna be up for a month. I'm really trying to get into his brain, and maybe I'm overanalyzing forty two seconds of him being on the podium. That's kind of like renewing whatever morsels we got. As like, well, figure out let's go. I pull up Telesco, I know his history, right? I can look at who he dra- I remember who he drafted and who he got, and pretty successful, right? Pretty good at it. As far as like mentality, I'm still learning him. I'm trying to like get through those years.
1: Well, if, if history is any, any indicator, he's not trading back because he's never done it before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's only traded up. So Dude, um, I know
0: you. I know you were down for a trade down if we didn't trade up.
1: Yeah, man. I just, there's just a lot of good players out there. Um, and uh, especially in that kind of, I don't know, 11 to 25 ish range, there's a like the, you can just flip flop a bunch of those guys, yeah, and uh, you're gonna still get a really good player. It just depends on you know, because you're not gonna get like we, we, we did the math. Once you get to thirteen, you're not going to get one of the top three quarterbacks. You're not going to get one of the top three receivers. You're not going to get one of the top two tackles or the top two um, uh, defensive linemen or or the top two um, uh, DBs. So it's like you're not going to get one of the top guys at the main positions. So it's like okay, well, what are you going to do? You need to just get like the third best tackle out there. Okay, or and I don't know. if history is an indicator, like I said, we're not trading back, and watch us trade back. But uh, I, I, he's definitely is is a guy that is because if you take a look at um, the top quarterbacks in, in the draft, all they're all, they're, they'll, I mean, they, they tell you what teams that they're interviewing with. Yeah, this is he's interviewing with the, the the top three picks, right? And from the the Giants and the Raiders, like it's always, and the Raiders, it's, they're they're always one of the guys they're interviewing all the freaking quarterbacks. So, um, it's going to, they're going to get one this season. They are going to draft one, whether it's the first round they move up or, uh, they get one later in the draft. but they're going to get one.
0: So I'm spending all this time trying to like get between the ears of Tom Telesco, our new GM and try to like figure out how he thinks and how he's going to turn this team, you know, what he's going to do with his team. It took all of 10 seconds for the Bills GM, Brandon Bean. Such a good clip. To say the quiet part out loud of how a general manager thinks. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit. That's
1: exactly what I've been saying.
0: What a great line. What a great line into like the mentality of a general manager, right? Like, we think like, oh, a general manager, like he wants what's best for the team, and what's best for the team only. It's like, no, he's a human being, at a job, and he wants what's best for him. And so when you go and you, and you like, that's why GMs spend so much at quarterbacks because if they hit, you're the you're the quarterback genius. You oh you trade all this up, but you saw the guy like you knew what was up. You know you put a hundred dollars on, you know, red twenty three. On the, on the roulette table, and you hit. Like, oh, he's a super genius. That is, that is job security forever. You are the savior of that franchise. And it, But if you put your kid's college education on Red 23 and it misses, you get fired from the franchise, and you start over when someone else has died. Or somewhere else. You start somewhere else, right? So yeah. it's like, there's no, like, in 10 seconds, Brandon Bean just said the quiet part out loud. Because like again, like we're we're fucked. We're so like right, like we're stuck holding the bag. The fans of that team are now like, all right, there's three first round picks gone, and we have to wait to draft their next guy. That GM's just off to another job, right? It's an incestuous like thing with 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 personnel and GMs. Like he's get another job somewhere. Like maybe not a GM if he whiffs terribly, but he'll get a job somewhere as a scout or assistant director of personnel or something like that. But that's and that's how that's how society functions, and it's a great example. Like you look at. You know a district attorney that like Has a hard on for getting this like gangster It's just like he doesn't care about Making sure the law is done He wants to make his name off of Hoffa You know what I mean like that's what this is Is he's and and And, and the beneficiaries Of this mentality when it hits Is it hits great and everyone wins And everyone's happy But the mentality of like well if I fail I'm not going to be stuck with the bag Is why the price of moving up for quarterbacks is so high because the guys making that decision don't fit the bill. They get the rewards, but they
1: don't pay the bill. They don't have to pay the bill afterwards. So, and I mean, one thing that, that people don't remember is the bills had to move up twice. Mm -hmm. They moved up from like 25 to 12 and then from 12 to seven. Mm -hmm. And, That's the mentality that a lot of these GMs have is, you know, if they don't have a quarterback, if look, because the thing is, is if he doesn't have a quarterback, he's not going to be around long anyway. Yeah. So go, if you're convinced, you've done the work, like I said, you've scouted your own team, you've scouted the free agents, and you've scouted this year, next year, maybe the year after that. When's the time where I can go ahead and make this run? This is the guy right here. This I'm telling you, this is the guy, this is my guy. Cause I know for sure for me, if, if, if I'm going to go down with the ship, it's going to be with the guys that I chose. It's not going to be the guys that were just kind of left over. I'm going to put my people in there. The guys you need credit
0: I for them. it. Right? Like you're not, you know what I mean? You're not, it's, it's not your guys. You don't live in, they succeed. You don't get anything for it. Right. The other part of this too, is like he, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't remember this from 2018, but like this Josh Allen situation, is probably the best case scenario for us, right? Like, they went from 12 to 7. We're at 13. Josh, you know, Josh Allen dropped to 7. It's like, Jaden Daniels? Is it possible he drops to five, six, seven? I mean, it's not likely, but, like, is the, it possible? The latest. Could the latest Raiders,
1: we can get him is 7.
0: Could the Raiders okay. trade 2 seconds? Again, like... This is my wet dream, right? Oh, my God. Jaden fell. We trade two seconds. We still have if we we miss, we still have all of our first round picks in the future. We take a shot at like this great potential, you know, move up five, in our case, six spots to seven or something like that. Like the Josh Allen situation is like our wet dream where we are trading up, but the value was there. We're not giving up the future first rounders for it. And of course, he has to hit. I forgot I forgot how that all unfolded in 2018 until I yeah. went back and listened to this and, and read it well the thing is is I
1: mean a lot of old uh the bills might have done this who knows but a lot of old you know semi you know borderline racist tweets were like surfaced from Josh and Allen when he was in high school or whatever and they kind of mm. eh, who is this guy right yeah uh and you know maybe that that affected his draft stock maybe it didn't who knows right can we, were, can we
0: can we wrangle up some but Jaden look, Daniels,
1: like they
0: have, have a shady pass that we can bring up so he falls to us, you know? The <laughs> latest
1: we can trade is number seven with the Titans. Yeah, because yeah. number eight is the Falcons, and if Jaden Daniels is there, they're taking him. Yeah. So that's the absolute latest pick we can jump into. So I've been doing a little bit of homework, and if we could go into the number, like it, it the big one is probably gonna be the Patriots. And who the Patriots gave if the Patriots go like Joe Alt from Notre Dame, the super like can't miss tackle prospect, right? If they go that route, gotta be on the phone right away to the Cardinals at four. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> a one swap this year and a three, and then a one and a three next year will get it done to go up to four. Mm-hmm. Maybe because then they know we're gonna take a quarterback, they'll squeeze one of those ones into it, or one of those threes into a two. But if it's not, if it's the fourth spot, I think we can do it.
0: If if Daniels is on the board at four to anything, that those picks are gonna be <coughs> through the roof valuable for whoever's got it.
1: Yeah, because we're gonna to have to get in the bidding roof. war with, with the Falcons, because mm-hmm. the Falcons are at, at eight. And uh it's
0: Falcons and half a dozen other teams, right? Like obviously the Falcons are within more striking distance; they don't have to pay as much. But there's half a other, half a dozen other teams could be. Yeah, with the Giants. We
1: don't know what the Giants are going to do. Let's move up, let's move up twenty spots, right? Year. Yeah, there's the Giants. There's maybe the Rams. The Rams are behind us, so I'm not really worried about them. But then there's like the Donkeys are right in front of us at twelve. Mm-hmm. They can be in the mix to do that too, but they don't have a lot of picks because of the whole thing when they got Russell Wilson. So, there's that whole thing. What do they have left over? Who knows, man? So, uh, pick, I think it's going to be um, New England. New England is going to be the real telltale sign of what's going to kind of, like, upset this board. Because I've been doing a lot of mock drafts, and it's like, yeah, it's it's you know, Caleb, May, and, and Jaden Tanner, One, two, three, put it up. Like, almost all the time. They're like, by four, they're gone already. And uh, but it's it's a big tipping point, and um, hopefully some GMs get a little bit loose lip the scotch is starting to get poured down, and and uh, you know we get some insider information in the next couple of days.
0: It's uh, we keep looking at like Daniels is the guy that's kind of all right. He'll be the tipping point. What happens? But like honestly, I think the real tipping point is going to be who the fourth quarterback goes off the board. Because they have all these, you know, McCarthy, Knicks, Panks are all like, you know, all they're like setting up as like second rounders. They're projecting a second rounder. It's like no fucking way. The way that this league loves their quarterbacks, those guys are going in. So it's like who rolls? It's not when does number three go off the board? He's going off the board within four. Probably almost 90% sure. Caleb, Drake, Daniels in the first three in whatever order, right? That's almost for sure. 90% sure that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, when does McCarthy? When does Knicks, When does Penix? When do those guys start coming off the board? Is when the run on quarterbacks is going to begin. Because if you're at like, you know, 22, and you're like, oh, we'll easily get one of these guys. Like, oh, wait, two of them already off the board.
1: Like, I can that- almost guarantee you. I can almost guarantee you that four quarterbacks will be taken by the time we if we pick at 13. Four quarterbacks will already be gone. Yeah, it's
0: not the number three guy. It's when the number four guy
1: goes. So, and and that that, honestly, that's I think what skews a lot of the numbers on like first round hit rate for quarterbacks Mm -hmm. is because like, yeah, sure, Mac Jones was a first round quarterback, but he wasn't a first round quarterback. Great, neither was Kenny Pickett, but he was the best one available at the time the person picked, and you went and grabbed him anyway. And it's like, well, that's why you don't grab a guy like that. Because and in the first round, yeah. But on the flip side, you get
0: more first rounders that shouldn't be in there that do hit too, like you know, like Lamar Jackson at thirty-two. Like he wasn't graded as a first rounder, but they wanted him as a first rounder because you want you want that extra more fifth round year, year right? And there's a dude, and there's a ton of top five for sure first rounders that were atrocious too. So it's like the with how that rookie pay scale changed. What was that? 2015, six, 15 or 16. 15, something like that. Like that clearly made a difference, but there was already a trend in that direction. It's all. Yeah. It's all those. It, I, I think it evens out because guys bump in there. That shouldn't be there for the right reasons. Guys, bump in there that shouldn't be there for the wrong reasons. And you kind of, it kind of evens out, but yeah, it's when that, when that fourth quarterback goes is when there's going to be the run. It's that's when things get really, 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 really interesting. Um, let's talk about guys on the team At least as of right this second Josh Jacobs New report coming out Adam Shafter Nothing mind-boggling here Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard Are all expected to become free agents When it promises to be a star-studded running back market Sources told ESPN on Monday Like you really need sources to tell you that Las Vegas Raiders will attempt to re-sign Jacobs But they are not expected to tag him Leak sources told ESPN especially with this franchise tag costing 14 m- 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 million dollars for one year. It's a whole lot. of Running back. Um, this report was kinda
1: like, yeah, kind of duh. It seemed knowledge. pretty
0: obvious. We're not going to spend 14 million for one year of Josh Jacobs' services. Are we going to attempt to resign him? Do we want him back? Absolutely. Like, yeah, like, of course, He's got a Raiders tattoo. Best running back we have. Like, of course, we want him back. But at what cost? What's it going to look like? And we've been thinking about this and we've been talking about this and we've been doing the numbers on this forever. I don't see a scenario where we don't let him walk. I, 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 just, I, just, I just don't. Telesco played hardball with Eckler and with the Chargers. Eckler ended up staying, but it wasn't what he wanted. Wasn't happy. He was bitched about it forever, but it was the right move. Um, the only like it the only thing that the only X factor here, the only wild card that I think could tangibly make Josh Jacobs stay for us at a price that's gonna be worth it is the Antonio Pierce factor. If Josh Jacobs just loves AP so much and he loves the Raiders so much, he sees that Raiders tattoo is it this side, right side, whatever it's side is right sees, side. Red side, sees his Raiders tattoo. Antonio Pierce gets them all hyped. He loves the school his kids go to or whatever, right? That's the only thing I can see having Josh Jacobs stay with the Raiders because there will be some team that'll be like, here's $11 million a year for three years. There's all, all it takes is one team to do something, get crazy with it, right? I don't know. Do you see any – it's going to hurt when he's gone, but it's like
1: – do you see any other scenario other than oh, just look, like pure heart? The only thing that I can see happening is the free agent running back market from team to team has not been great. Now, teams re-signing their own guys, yes. But you have like a Miles Sanders signed for like $6 million. Hmm. This was like a 1,200-yard rusher the last few years before then so it wasn't some slap fucking guy that was like kind of like oh well you know he's okay no this is a legit nfl running back uh i don't with the way the running back market is going i don't think the money is going to be out there the way the running backs think and i think we can get him for around like that seven to eight range if maybe a team offers him like an 8 to 9 with the AP factor he may be able to come he may be, want to come back for that cuz he's he's finally got his his eight figures in the bank right when Yeah, was, I, just, on the- I just don't see i don't see a team out there giving that much money to a veteran running back how no matter how good they are the, if a if I mean- the running back is that good the team is going to resign yeah. And if he's, like, that good in, in his prime, you know, because, like, look, Eckler's older. Mm-hmm. It's You saw what uh, Christian McCaffrey is really the only one because he's killing it and he's young still. Uh, but, man, it's just going from team to team. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening.
0: Um, to your point, um, the highest-paid running backs in cap hit in 2024, Alvin Kamara, same team. 18 mil Oof. Aaron Jones, same team, 17 mil Nick Chubb, same team, 15.8 mil Christian McCaffrey in the trade. He is the best running back in football, a little bit of an outlier, but he's the, he's the outlier 14 mil Jonathan Taylor, same team, 10 mil.
1: Is there the a team that's going to and and offer and nine? And, and you know? Wait, wait, because the Camara thing is the tail end of his contract. It's the tail end of Aaron Jones' contract. It's the tail end of it when the, when the contract gets overinflated at the yeah. end of the contract. So it's not like he got $18 million a freaking year. No, that's the tail end where they kick the can down the road, and that's why yeah. the Saints are in the position that they're in right now. Now, the, well, the Green, green Bacons can swallow that because they have, you know, Love is still on his rookie deal, so they can kind of like fiddle, fiddle with those numbers a little bit, which is why I think we can give that – Seven eight plus, we got you know, we got the Jimmy G. Thanks, Jimmy G. We got that Jimmy G money rolling through. That maybe we can, you know, do a little something that we maybe didn't think we we could do if we still had to pay Jimmy G. But it's you, it's it's resigning their their own guys. That's that's what's going to make the big money at the tail end. The Nick Chubbs, the Jonathan Taylor's, those are the guys that are already at the tail end of those contracts. But when they get a new contract, they're not going to make nearly that much money.
0: Well, the the base salary on these guys: McCaffrey eleven eight, Chubb eleven seven, Jones eleven one, Camara ten two. It's still up there, but you know you're cutting off like six seven mil, right, on that part. the eight mil. Camara eight. Camara eight. Um, it's just out of reach. It feels like it feels just out of reach. I feel like there there's got to be one team that's like, we'll give.
1: The teams don't they to didn't rush do it last later. year, bro, they didn't do it last year. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to give him eleven, twelve million dollars, dude.
0: These are Josh all
1: Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is more unique
0: this season than last season. I feel like they weren't.
1: He didn't we play he last do everything the last year. Yeah, no, no, There's no, no, I, I, no, well. no, no. That,
0: that's that's what's going for us. Is he's coming coming off of so one it's of like his dude, he's
1: years. not going to get dude, nobody. Who uh, Saquon is not—he has injury concerns as well. Mm-hmm. You have Derrick Henry, who is a little bit older, not has a old. lot of mileage. Not a little you're, bit old. Look, it's just, you you, yeah. you take a look at these guys, and you're like, it just doesn't make fiscal sense to do that in that position because of the the cliff that these guys drop off of. I, I think he would be
0: the highest paid running back next season if he went somewhere else, of, of, of that season, right? Of like the biggest contract given out this offseason. If he went somewhere else, he'd be the highest paid. I think it's safe to say, right?
1: Yeah, and I think Telesco is smart enough. He, he's gonna, he may do something very similar to what he did with Eckler. He redid that last year of his contract to give him more money, mm. but it was more money of a bonus. So that they can bonus him to get close to that number he would have gotten elsewhere, but the cap hit is still low. Give him a lot of reachable, a lot of reachable uh, milestones to hit. Mm. You know, uh, reach arounds. Yeah, something like that. You're
0: making me, uh, you making me optimistic. God, I love, I love to see Josh stick around. That would be
1: amazing. I think he wants to, and I think the Raiders want to keep him. But I think he, I think both parties need to understand that last year is not an anomaly. It's not a blip. It's not like. Oh well, it's gonna the running back market's gonna shoot right back up. It's not, it's not because the the, the contracts that you see that are overinflated that are over the ten million dollar mark are all old deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying that you you shouldn't have a good running back or you can't have a good running back and win football games. But if you have one, you just you're just not gonna pay them that kind of money that that they think like you're not gonna get the Emmitt Smith type of money. Well,
0: you could you get a third round rookie that gives you 85% of the production. That's the that's that's the issue. Boy, look, that's the issue.
1: Not you even third round You have a fourth round, uh, a fourth round pick who's go, entering his third year, uh, who when he got extended carries, freaking killed it. Mm-hmm. He was averaging he was averaging almost a hundred yards a game in the in the last four games of the year that he started. That's and, like and what, it happens with, with a sixteen hundred yard Keith, season.
0: Tony Pollard's like all pro when Ezekiel Elliott couldn't play and just some random rookie like comes right. This is like it, it happens with teams, ev- like multiple teams every season. Multiple teams every season. Eight million dollar running back goes down. This fourth round rookie comes in, thousand yards. Basically, almost the same production, but just, a, a tenth the price. Happens the hard, every season, the hard thing
1: players. is, the, the hard thing is, is, is to, like I was talking about yet last week. We just got to sit down and we got to be honest with ourselves about the situation, not just with our team, but the situation going on in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And the situation going on in the NFL right now is you don't pay veteran running backs unless you're keeping your own guy, unless he's that important to your team that you keep him because he goes to another team and there's still some hesitancy. Well, he hasn't been here. He's really good. And we like what we see, but he hasn't done it here. It's just, it's a it's it's a complete flip around for uh for other, every other position usually to to lure someone away you have to overpay to get them and the running back market it's new usually the team that wants to keep them pays them more.
0: What team in the NFL has a logo that you can like alter the Raiders logo easiest? You know, like if Josh Jacobs signs with somewhere, he's got to turn that Raiders logo into like something. we talked
1: about this. He's not
0: doing that. I feel like the Steelers kind of fit a little like, just, like it's like girthy, you know. Did you just put a lot of ink he over not, it, you know? He's not doing that, no, no, no. Because like, you're gonna go to like the Dolphins. You're gonna go to the Patriots. You're gonna go to the like, I don't know. I have to think about that. Which 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 team logo is easiest to cover a Raiders? You already, you already have him leaving.
1: Just just calm down.
0: Um, well, the players are loving it in Las Vegas, according to the NFLPA grades they give out every single year, mid-season, they pass out to every single player in the NFL, the um, NFL Players Association, grades, and they grade on all kinds of stuff. They go up and down to facilities, food, nutrition, locker room, training room, training staff, weight room, strength coaches, team travel, and head coach. The Raiders scored fantastic. A minus in nutrition. A minus locker room. A plus weight room. A minus strength coaches. B plus ownership. Kind of surprised to see that one. Food B plus. They were ranked in the at least the top half in every single category but two. In travel, they just got a C, 18th. And then in one category, they got dead last. I'll let you take a wild guess on. Early to slash mid season last season. What they got last in. Damn. Head coach, 32nd, a D. Which is kind of crazy that the guy who got absolute last couldn't get an F. Like they must really like their coaches, or like maybe they're afraid to give really bad grades for their coaches. But Josh McDaniels, 32nd out of 32 teams, according to this. And it wasn't even close.
1: Not even close. It's not even close. It it looks it it was much worse than that.
0: Yeah. I'm very curious what Antonio Pierce would have got if it was during his tenure or like, you know, at the very end of the season or like, you know, halfway through his nine games or something like that. I wonder what he would have gotten because he was he's clearly beloved by the stars. They were very vocal about it. There's a lot of teams that love their head coaches. I'd be very curious, would he have gotten number one top five? Maybe then and again, it all, it all goes back to you know, your new girlfriend seems amazing when you're leaving an abusive relationship. Like the, you know, you're always you're grading against Josh, not just grading your Antonio Pierce, you're grading Antonio Pierce versus Josh McDaniels, which is a great, great way to go if you're gonna get graded. Maybe you're gonna grade <laughs> on the curve, man. Compare, <laughs> compare yourself you to shit, dick. That's the way to go. <laughs> Jesus, uh, you ready to do some what up, win bags? Why not, Raiders guru? Okay, Soto, put your money where your mouth is. Who should we trade up to get, give up that draft capital and bench for? Not the hypothetical. If he's your guy type person, did you did you have a guy in mind and what what you're willing to spend?
1: Um, yeah, I mean. Either one of those top three guys. I think Drake may is a little bit more of a, he he has a lot more bad plays from what I've seen. He has a lot more bad plays out there. Not like bad results, but like just ill-advised throws. He has a lot more of those Mm. where he's like, Oh, well fuck it. I'm just going to throw it. Um, and, uh, Then after that would be probably Caleb Williams has more ill-advised throws. Um, Caleb has more
0: picks. He's also hero balling every play.
1: Fuck his fucking defense is like giving up forty-five points a game. Like he has to freaking do that shit. Mm. Uh, And um, honestly, like I I like Jaden Daniels, man. I like him a lot. I I, the more tape I look, I see of him. Um, But I don't know. It's it's still. I'm glad it's not my decision to make, you know? But the, the, thing, the thing is, like, you're asking me a question, like, to, to pin me into a corner because, like, if that guy doesn't – oh, well, you said you wanted that guy. Well, you know what? Fuck you. How about that? Because it's not about the specific player because I'm not making the decision. I do like that way of thinking is if you do the work and this is the guy that you want, then go get your guy, especially if it's okay. if it's a quarterback and you need a quarterback, then you go get him.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's where I think we – um, kind of systematically disagree is like you're you're gonna bat under 500 no matter. So go do your homework, absolutely do your homework. And if you think Drake is 17% better than Caleb and Jalen is 24% worse than Drake or whatever it is, and you do your math and you figure it out, but the hit rate's the hit rate's brutal. My favorite part is is like, all right, who should we get and bench AOC for? Like as if benching Farva's is the hardest thing in the world. To do yeah, I mean
1: I, I went back and forth with with later. I went back and forth with this guy a little bit, and he's just like, So what you just trade all these picks to go up and get a quarterback, and if you fail, just like try again in a couple years, and I'm like, that's exactly what you do. That's what you do. If yeah, because look, I see you I do it every
0: two years. You're I doing... understand
1: that that the miss the miss rate is high on first-round quarterbacks, but the miss rate to get to the playoffs if you don't have one is even. Higher, It's like 10 times higher if you don't have one. So you have to find your one. And if you Absolutely. think, if you do the work and you find that this guy is the one, uh, uh, he's he's better than who you have, who you can get, who you can get next year, then yeah, go get him.
0: Ken Deal, 7474. This is goddamn poetic, this one. I didn't know us swim bags had it in us. You love this shit. Draft horse A pulls 950 pounds alone. Draft horse B pulls 1,200 pounds. Together they pull 2,500 pounds. How is this possible? Synergy. By working together, they exceed their individual limits. AP has team playing beyond some of individual parts. Great achievement and expanded possibilities occur when everyone bought in and working together towards common goal. No limits. Two exclamation points. I'm jacked. I'm pumped. I feel like if there was an Antonio Pierce burner account in YouTube, it'd be something like this
1: in our comments. Deal seventy four seventy four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked I'm about this it. before already. We talked about this before is everyone is bought in and that's the hardest thing to get is to buy it because you can get agreement. Like, all right, I'll agree to do it. But are they bought in? Because just agreeing to do something right is not it's not buying in. Buying in is like, okay, not only do I agree to do it, but I I agree with why we're doing it. And I agree that if we do it, we're going to get a good result. At the end of the day, what is the number one asset a coach
0: should have and bring? Getting the most out of the players he has. That's it. We can talk all day long like he has you know does he have personnel dis- decisions how does he how does he hire his assistants how does he handle media how does he you know there's a million things that a coach needs to do well what's the what's the biggest thing you want a coach to do get the most out of the players he has that's the goal and this team under AP way overplayed their personnel right we were like the reverse of the chargers the chargers like littered with pro bowlers but can't buy a win we were opposite like this defense had a superstar, two or three pretty good players that, it w- that would start another teams, and then not much after that. Number one, defense under AP. I have to yell it at myself because even I still don't believe it. Unbelievable. Martin Brotholm. Martin Brotholm, seventy five fifty two Soto. They're all about talking to you today. I think there's a bigger chance for Farva to make that jump from year 1 to year 2 than us hitting on a rookie quarterback.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. And here's the reason why. The jump that Farva needs to make in order for us to be one of those teams that people talk about at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like this is, these guys are con- like not just playoff contenders but like championship contenders we we don't need just like a natural progression from year one to year two from far but we need like him to like magically do all these things that he showed us he was limited in before Mm -hmm. he needs to get increase in a lot of these different areas and maybe it was the coaching maybe it was he had handcuffs maybe it was a lot of different things who knows but from what we've seen not this is not like you know, pie in the sky and wishing on a star type bullshit, okay? From what we've seen physically from him, he does not have enough to be one of the top echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. He doesn't. It just, it that is a fact. Now, if the, his other things get so good that it can elevate him and he gets better at some of those physical things, okay, I can see that. But nothing that he's shown us, tells us that he can hang putting the game on his shoulders back to back to back weeks on the road in the playoffs against yeah. Baltimore against KC against against the Buffalo like he has that's what he has to do and we have to be confident that he's one of those guys who can go out there and do it and i don't know that he showed us that he can do that I, so i'm 100% with you
0: um because we both agree on what the definition of hit is on a quarterback hit is a quarterback that can Put the game on his shoulders and win us a Super Bowl. Like that's that's the hit we're looking for, right? Like that's and that Farva hasn't prevented that at all. Um, and in defense to Martin Rotholm, if his definition of hit is just next season year two, Farva is better than rookie year one, That's uh, you know. Poss- that's that's, that's a very real possibility It's a very very real possibility That whoever we draft as a rookie Is going to be worse than Farva In the 2024 season That's a very real possibility Because remember Farva had everything going against him last season The stank of Josh McDaniels Rookie No one believed in him Coaching changes Like the basement of Farva we have seen Like there's no way Farva is going to play worse than he did this season And towards the end he played pretty you know respectably very respectably right they they always bring up eight touchdowns zero interceptions in the last four games it's a narrow window that they're bringing up but it's real it's it's very very real right um so i i think the i think what Favre is po- what is possible without those that that the weight vest he was wearing for lack of a better term last season opens the door for possibilities But you are a bajillion percent correct, Soto, and that just like the physical, tangible assets we've seen in him as an athlete,
1: not
0: he would have to. Sh- I mean, it would be a remarkable change for him to be the Super Bowl quarterback we want, not the respectable quarterback, but a hit, a Super Bowl quarterback. Look, which is what we're looking for.
1: Any any quarterback out there can win a Super Bowl can go to the Super Bowl game and win that one game. Mm. But how many can get you there? How many can get you to that gauntlet of the best of the best teams, either home or on the road, to get you to that Super Bowl? And you're not going to win it unless you get there. So when you talk about, oh, he can win a Super Bowl, well, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, really funny, fucking idiot. That's not what we're talking about here. Mm. Can he get you to the Super Bowl? Can you beat those teams one after another? week to week to week to get you to that point to be able to win the Super Bowl. That's what we're talking about. Josh Allen had a terrible rookie season, but you saw the physical tools that he was able to hone the rest of the stuff. He had the the make to be that kind kind of guy, and he got better, and he is. But it's like I just don't see it where – I don't see it out of him. I don't Mm -hmm. see – I didn't see it in the past. And um, it, it's a shame because he has, like, a, a, a overwhelming amount of the other stuff. He's calm under pressure. He's an even-keeled guy. The, he's a leader. The the, the, the team likes him. Yeah. He's accurate with the ball. He processes things quickly. But even for a guy, he, I don't think his arm strength is a problem, but it's it, it's a problem when you go up against teams that know you're going to throw. I would I would say next season, Farva
0: is a very, very good chance, probably over 50% chance better his rookie year just next season than Jaden Daniels, Penix, Knicks. Like, there's a very, very good chance that just next season he's better than those quarterbacks. Because he's got a year under his belt. He's like 26 years old, right? Very good chance. But are we just trying to be like who's the best when they're still learning next season or who's going to be the franchise quarterback to win a super bowls that's the question you're asking not who can you know be be 7% better than the rookies next season so again in fairness to mart mart martha like you you might be onto something if that's what you're looking for if you're just just looking at next season who's just going to be better for those 17 games there's a there's a there's a real possibility you're right but also but that's gonna, not what we care about. We care yeah. about winning Super Bowls long-term. That's who we're drafting. We're not drafting a guy to get us to 9 and 8 next season. We're drafting a guy to get us to 12 and 5 in a Super Bowl three seasons from now, five seasons from now, seven seasons from now.
1: That's the goal. So, like, who can be better? Farva with a wide-open offense or, let's say, Jaden Daniels with a more simplified offense? So, so it's like he can he can run. Yeah. Is 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 farva the better quarterback because he could do the entire playbook? Yeah. But if you just stick to the stuff that Jaden Daniels can do, will his results be better? Probably. While he's learning, right? While he's yeah, while he's learning. and then you can yeah. add more stuff as yeah. you go along. Um but I mean you have to ask yourself, why were the handcuffs put on Farva? Like like AP said, he was handcuffed. We we didn't let him do a lot. Well, why is that? Because I'll tell you something right now, if he was able to do it at a high level, guess what? The team wouldn't let him do it. It's so
0: funny how we were like tooting the Farva horn last preseason, and now we're the ones kind of like hitting the brakes on Farva this preseason. It's like, yeah, this fourth round. It was all fun and
1: games last year with Far. We we all knew what it was. Like we all knew what it was. It started fun and games. I was confident he was gonna play better than Jimmy G or Hoyer when he went in there. Yeah. I was confident about that. It doesn't say much about our quarterback room. But, yeah, I like Farva. I like who he is. I I think that if Farva's starting next year over a rookie that we get, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing because I think Farva's a good quarterback. But is he going to be good enough to be able to do what I said to get us to Super Bowls, to beat all these teams? Because, look, if if we get Jay Daniels and two years from now, Jaden Daniels gets us to the Super Bowl, but in the championship game he gets knocked down and he, he can't play in the Super Bowl. I think Favre can go in there and win the Super Bowl, but I don't think he can get us there.
0: And I think sometimes also, like, obviously the quarterback position in the NFL is is drastically different than any position in football and drastically different not any any position in, in, in sports. But at the end of the day, just simplify things for a second. Let's try to get the best guy at every position for what we're trying to do. Is Favre that? No. Definitely not right this second. And prob- probably not in the future. Think of it in those terms, too. Like let's just, let's just improve every position. every position. let's just try to improve every time. And if we try to improve the quarterback position and Farva beats everyone out, right? Like cool. He must have done something amazing, right? We are still trying to improve every single position on this team. And All three be- roster spots are up for grabs.
1: Let me amend that. Farva does not just does not just have to be better than the rookie quarterback coming in for us to stop looking. He has to be that guy in order for us to stop looking. I don't want us to fall back into a same old trap where we're like, okay, well, this guy's better than the other guys that we have. So yeah, we're good at quarterback. What maybe not. If you don't have that guy, you still have to go get him.
0: If you have the ability to improve any position, you do it. You do it. And there is very very much an ability to improve on the on qb1 yeah for sure all right that'll be it for us uh the combine starts kicking off this week by the time you're listening to this the combine will be probably underway Already going tomorrow
1: or today we'll let you know
0: um the big news that comes out of there any big players moving around let us know in the comment section if there's any players that catch your eye you want us to talk about uh throughout the following week Till then Knock on wood if you're with me.